Edmund morning, Roxy Soxy. <laughs> it's morning oh, over you there in LA. It is. Good morning, Tam Tam. We are early here in LA. Well, early-ish, 10 a.m. You are. It's <laughs> early for you. Don't you lie. I'm always like, Roxy, can you do this thing at nine o'clock? You're like, nine? Really? Nine? <laughs> and sometimes you even ask for eight. I'm like, okay, now you're I sometimes crazy. do ask for eight. Sometimes I'm like, should I ask for seven just to screw with her? <laughs> I kind of feel like we have recorded at 7 a.m. before. I feel I like feel it's like been we done. Have. But I know when I text you, you respond with, sure. There's never like a sure exclamation mark, sure smiley face, sure with the hearts and the eyes. It's just always sure. That's it. Full stop. <laughs> Don't you love it? We know each other so well that we can tell each other's moods by our texts. I so do. Right. I mean, sometimes I feel, sometimes I feel like, um, sometimes I feel like I have to wait for the second text (laughs) because like the first text, I'm like, oh, it just could be like, you're in the car and like you're driving. So you like can't text anything or like you're with Bray. So I always have to wait for the second text. But if the second text has no exclamations, heart faces, anything like that, then I know I'm in trouble. Yeah. Or I'm on my period. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're in your period. I just finished mine, Roxy. So I, it was actually, I got the vaccination and my period at the same time. Oh, isn't that so lovely? It, it was Great. a real treat that 24 hours. Yeah. Well, the Did last get, time we spoke, yeah, I was yeah. the vaccination. Did you end up getting sick? Because I got sick. I felt like I had the flu really for 24 sick. hours. Yeah. I got really sick for 24 hours. Um, <laughs> we had this, um, this really funny um, experience where... Uh, Sean, it was 3 a.m. in the morning and Sean was shivering like crazy because he had COVID. So I think the vaccination actually uh, makes it worse for people who did have COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, So he was shivering and he started laughing hysterically. I don't know why, because I think he was like shaking so much. And then Mm. I couldn't move my arm. So I'd made my uh, his T-shirt into a sling. (laughs) (laughs) so i was laying on the one side he was laughing i was yelling at him being like why are you laughing my arm hurts so bad um but after 24 hours it's almost like magic after 24 hours we were fine yeah it's weird because you wake up the second morning and you're like i feel great like i'm like i feel like nothing happened (laughs) i know that that? arm though that sore arm it's really bad but today we have someone that I'm super excited to talk about. We have so been talking um, a lot about health in the last couple mm-hmm. of podcasts. And I think the reason we've been <clears throat> gravitating more towards talking about health, Roxy, is because, you know, the pandemic has brought on so many like mental health issues, even physical health mm-hmm. issues, um, you know, being scared to not to not get sick and wanting to boost our immune systems, dealing mm-hmm. with stress um, and depression and anxiety and all this stuff. So I feel like our podcast the last couple have really been talking about health because we want to try to like share the information that we can get from our experts to help people who are in this situation mm-hmm. right now who aren't really feeling their best. Because I know like I put on this dress and I know, again, I tell you, it's all about self-love for me, but sometimes I'm like also a girl and I'm like, oh, yeah. I hate that my dress is too tight, you know? Yeah. And I was, I, I, I said to Sean, I was like, what am I doing wrong? I'm like, I'm eating well, I'm exercising, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, mentally healthy and I don't know what the issue is. And he's like, well, you've been kind of sedentary. I mean, he wasn't like, you've been, he he was like, you know, we have been sedentary for a year now, you know, like we're not like running to the store and going seeing friends and dancing in the clubs. Like you're actually just kidding. I mean, I have not danced in the club for a long time, Um, but we're not like dancing and moving and even traveling and, you know, Mm. going to the airport. How many calories is it to pack your shit up and to go to the airport? 
mm-hmm. to like unpack and to walk and to go through the airports. We're not doing that anymore. So a lot has been focused on like how to make ourselves feel healthier. Yeah, well, we have just the person here to talk about. So this multitasking mama, she is a nutritionist. She is a three-time New York Times bestseller. She's got the Feel Good podcast. Um, she was sort of like the one of the OG wellness influencers back when mm-hmm. like wellness influence, like there wasn't even really a name for it. I remember about 10 years ago, I believe she launched her first book. And she had a launch party at the London West. Did you Hollywood. go? I covered the red carpet. I was on the <gasps> carpet. Yes. Oh my god. And goodness. I interviewed. Yes. Yes. And I interviewed. All come you. full circle. Yes. And all because I interviewed you. I interviewed Drew Barrymore, Hillary Duff. Uh, I think Tam and Sersak. Tam and Sersak. Yeah. Right. I would never have been invited. But. <laughs> but it was great because she sort of like put this whole thing. One of the people who first put this whole wellness, you know, beauty detox and green and all this stuff on the map. So let's mm-hmm. welcome Kimberly Snyder to the show. Welcome Kimberly. Intro. That's amazing, Roxy. I didn't realize that. And you are right. This year in a few months is the 10 year anniversary of my first book. Yes. I just finished my sixth book. So there's six, oh books, six books in 10 years. Yes. And I look back you know, I was just a, I feel like I was in some ways a baby when I started out. I just been backpacking and I was uh-huh. starting out and uh, wow, 10 years, like how much wellness has shifted. But it's funny when people say you are like, what are the OG wellness people? <laughs> my career has been, you know, it was 10 years. So I'm like, wow, that is a good milestone. Yeah. And you were getting a lot more sleep then because that was before you were a mom, like the rest of us, yeah. right? I mean, those, yeah. those were some good times. I mean, I was laughing when you guys were talking about your text from like 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. I was like, oh, ladies, wait till if you want to be a mom and you are a mom one day, it'll be more like 5 a.m. We're oh, up yeah. every morning. We have a 10-month-old, and then my older son is five. Oh, so. well, my husband lets me. So this is our deal. So we have a two-year-old and a seven-year-old. Oh, okay. And okay. yeah, and we and he lets me because I I do I I stay up late and I let I do the um. <laughs> I, I do the nights, I, the, the, put them to bed, do the dinners, do the bath, do all that kind of stuff. So he lets me sleep till eight o'clock every morning. Like they know not to come in till eight o'clock. And I, before pandemic, I'd say I'd be up at 6 a.m. But, um, but now I would say he lets me sleep till, is that what David does? Roxy? So, so David, okay. So here, <laughs> do you have a child too? Roxy? Yes. Yeah. I have a six year old. <laughs> Okay, how are you guys complaining about 9 a.m.? What kind? Of, I need to get on this late morning, mama. Hey, we're slow. It's like, a, we're yeah. up. We're like awake, but we're not like awake. Awake. Yeah. It takes yeah. a while. Get up, though. What time does your kid get up, Roxy? So, my kid, okay, so here's the problem with our household is that. We have a similar deal, David and mm-hmm. I, my husband. You know, he does the quote unquote morning shift and I do the night shift. So, I you know, put her down for bed. I do the bath, you know, get her fed, like do all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But the problem is, is in the morning, he's oftentimes like crazy with work stuff. So he's like, wait, Hey, can you get up and like feed her breakfast? Or can you get her dressed? Even though technically it's supposed to be my time off. Right. So she gets up early to go to school, you know, but the problem is she is sleeping in our bed. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. She is, Wait, how old is she, Roxy. She is six, but she runs. So here's what how it started. We got show. her a new bed for her room. We're like, oh, it's a big girl bed. It's a bunk mm-hmm. bed. You're gonna love it. It's gonna be great. She started getting nightmares. So she would run in our bed. Mm-hmm. 
jump in the bed. We'd wake up like sometimes in the morning, not even knowing that she was like in the bed. We're like, wait, how did she get in here? <laughs> eventually. Who are you? Well, yeah, exactly. Eventually her little powers of manip manipulation kicked in and now she has commandeered our bed. So now we're trying to figure out how to get yeah. her back out of the bed into her bed. You know, I've never like my second child. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh-uh. I was like, my second child is such a good sleeper. She puts herself to bed. Oh, she literally so puts her, she comes to us at 1130 and goes, it's nap time. And we're like, okay, <laughs> sorry, we were busy. And she God. sleeps two and a half to three hours to nap. And then at nighttime at seven o'clock on the nose, if we push it past seven, she's a nightmare. She uh -huh. goes straight to bed. But my first took so long. My first was, you know, up every hour for the first almost three years. She was such a terrible sleeper. I think it starts in the beginning where you just have to be like, it's bedtime. Like, yeah. this is it. There's no other choices. And I think when you say, okay, you can come in. That's the thing. See? You said she can come in once. Once she can come yeah. in once. Now it's mm -hmm. all bets are off. Yeah. She's, she you, guys are for, you guys are girl moms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Wow. And I'm a boy mom. Both of mine are boys. It's so interesting, too, the differences because they present so early on, right? Like, mm -hmm. boys are typically more active, you know, when oh, they're young and like very physical, right? And like, I, I said to my husband, I said, I get beat up as a mom a little bit because it's, <laughs> it's just superheroes and star Wars stuff and lightsabers. And it's, it's very physical. That's yes. my first order though. I think it's almost mm -hmm. like we, th I think my husband's like, I don't need a son. I have Phoenix, which is my first order. Cause she <laughs> sleeps with a snake and a superhero and she reads comic books and she is extremely physical with him. They rough and tumble. And my second is a little more, you know, pr princessy a little bit. Um, but I think it's almost like what you start to, what you enjoy too. And what you give to them. Cause my husband's so into that. Yeah. You know? Totally. Yeah. It's almost like this, like he's trying, you not, he's not trying to make it, but it's like, it's almost like having like the best of both worlds. Cause it's like, yeah. he's got the girl, but then he can also play sort of more rough and stuff like mm -hmm. that, you know? So let's talk about this pandemic. Um, because Kimberly, I know that, you know, in this pandemic, I'm sure a lot of your clients and you've seen that it's all about food has been about survival in a way, like almost like emotional, mental, just visit, like, just how do we survive? We're not really thinking about our health as much. Um, do you feel like we're all in a food rut? Cause I know I am. Oh. I know I've gotten to the point where it's like, is there a veggie burger in the freaking freezer? Because I dread cooking dinner. I now. could not. I'm just right? so over it. Yeah. I, th I think it's been a period of great transition for everybody, obviously. Mm. And these are the times where it causes anxiety, a lot of, <laughs> for a lack of, you know, just, our whole lives have been turned upside down. We've been talking about this now for over a year, but mm -hmm. sometimes it takes six months a year to really see the physical effects, the hormonal effects, mm -hmm. the uh, mental effects. So when we were just talking about, you know, Roxy being on my red carpet for my first book mm -hmm. 10 years ago, my first two books were very food focused. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what happened was I was working with all these celebrities. I was working with all these clients. I was living with them for four months for the film shoot. Usually then I would do the press tour. And sometimes I would prepare them for the film. And it was, you know, my podcast is called Feel Good Podcast. And it was really about helping them feel their best. But I would say from the beginning with all my clients, with everything I was doing, only a percentage of it was really food. Mm. And 
Um, what it's led me to today, then my third book, I started being more holistic, the lifestyle. And my fourth book, I co-authored with Deepak Chopra. It's going more in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth book, and now the sixth book doesn't talk about food at all. It's really mm-hmm. lifestyle. And so for me, the what I when I talk about feeling our best, it's really with a framework of four cornerstones. Mm-hmm. So food, body, emotional well-being, and spiritual growth. Because what I found is people focus on food a lot because mm-hmm. And you can pick it up and we all need to eat. And food is important. Food comes and it integrates into our body. We assimilate it. It's part of our energy. But if all we do is focus on food, we will never feel our best. Mm -hmm. One of four things. And so the other things are body. And you mentioned Tamman just feeling more stagnant body is everything, you know, exercise, sleep, supplements, Mm -hmm. and making sure that we're really dialed in and connected to our bodies because Mm -hmm. so many people say to me I don't know when I'm really hungry I don't know when Mm -hmm. I'm craving I don't know like people just don't they're so in their heads they read all this stuff they see things on social media Mm -hmm. and they don't really discern what's best for their body and the third is emotional well-being um, which is one of the reasons I created the Saluna Circle and community and journaling and talking about feelings because we talk about the gut brain access quite a bit mm-hmm. and people know that gut health really affects our moods and our serotonin, but people don't talk about the other way down as much. And so my last book really um, showed this amazing research between bloating and inflammation and our thoughts. Mm-hmm. People come to me all the time for bloating and weight gain and they're like, I gave up dairy, I gave up gluten, I don't know what is going on. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, you know, when you, when you think about what bloating is, it's something that doesn't pass through. It gets stuck, right? It's not passing through your GI system. So it's stuck and it starts to create gases and it starts to make you feel wider and bigger. So imagine in your head, if a thought isn't passing through, let's say it's mm-hmm. body shame and you're just looking in the mirror and saying all day long, I'm so fat, I'm so fat. Or you beat yourself up and, you know, you just say, I sh- you're so dumb in that meeting today. I shouldn't have done it. It creates a pattern in your mind and it, it really does affect bloating. Again, it's the gut brain axis going the other way down and it can lead to waking. It can lead to holding. It takes energy and blood flow and circulation out of your GI tract. And so it really slows everything down. And the other thing about fat that people don't understand is that it's very protective. There's the myelin sheets. The nervous system is lined with fat. So people hold on to fat for many different reasons beyond calories. People hold on fat to stay safe. People hold on to fat to just keep that layer between them and the outside world. There was an amazing uh, study I found where they took obese people and they put them in a facility and they only gave them enough calories to sustain their basic temperature levels. And some of them continued to gain weight. So I know this can sound a little bit out there, oh, but yeah. Yeah. more and more about energy. Every, mm-hmm. Everything is energy. So there's, there's <laughs> hormones, there's our endocrine system, there's our nervous system, there's the ways that we hold on to things. Mm-hmm. So that's the emotional part. And then just to finish up, the fourth cornerstone is spiritual growth, which for me is about connecting to that spirit inside of you, just your unique essence. So whether that's meditation or being in nature or stillness, this is medicine. This is healing. This is so important, you know, just as food is, because if we start to lose our sense of self, we start to feel stressed. We start to feel not enough. We compare ourselves all the time. We don't have confidence. And this really does work down the body. So what I was, you know, Tam, into your question about food, I think the problem is if we ignore one or two of the cornerstones, so let's say we ignore mm-hmm. our emotions, our emotional body, our mental health, or that mm-hmm. spiritual part of us, we tend to obsess over one or the other. So for most people, mm-hmm. they obsess about food, or they obsess about the body, and maybe I'm not working out enough, but we're never going to get the results unless we get, we really take that holistic approach. So that's how I've mm-hmm. always worked with clients. And now I'm really talking about it publicly, you know, meditating with them, sitting, mm-hmm. doing yoga, processing emotions, that is just as important as the food that we eat. 
So because we've sort of been on this like off-road track, right? So we're kind of like had this pandemic. We've been, you know, out of the cycle, our healthy cycles and things like that. If we feel lost in our mind and in our body, how do we kind of make that turn to try to get back? Like, would you say that it starts with the mental sort of emotional um, well-being, you know, that end or is it? you know, better to start with the eating and with the exercise, like, how would you sort of get back on track? So I think that's a great question. I think a lot of people are feeling really lost right now. Mm -hmm. Like, where do we begin? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, what the F am I supposed to do right Right. now? I Mm -hmm. totally understand. I've been talking to so many different people about this. So first of all, I, I think it's a wonderful period for just instead of seeing it as like, oh my God, we went through this horrible time, which is true. Also seeing it as a period of letting old skins shed and mm-hmm. letting things drop away from your life that maybe mm-hmm. didn't serve you. Maybe you were in this pattern. I know for me, I was so busy. I was going to so many different events. It was just, mm-hmm. it was, you know, didn't feel that healthy, but now it's, you know, we have this opportunity to reshape our lives. The second thing is whenever I work with a client or whenever I work with anyone, I always recommend that you start from the morning up. So I'm a big believer in practices and and rituals and things that we do. Um, There's a word for this in Ayurvedic medicine called Dinacharya, which is daily routine. Mm -hmm. And so it's whole idea that our bodies really thrive on routine, Mm -hmm. just like in nature, they're the circadian rhythms, the sun rises and it sets and the plants go through different rhythms. If our body starts to get regulated with these practices, it means our sleep gets better, our digestion, Mm -hmm. it means that we feel more calm mentally. So Mm -hmm. my morning practice actually involves all four of the cornerstones. Mm -hmm. Um, It's waking up in the morning. It doesn't have to be in this order, but I have to do it as you guys, as a busy mom. I, the second I wake up, I meditate. And even if I'm nursing, my older son is playing around. I just feel like I have to do it and center myself and take breaths into my body. And what that does for people, and I've seen this transform the way people eat because these cornerstones are really interrelated. When you start to get really in touch with your body and your, your needs, it significantly cuts down on food cravings. It significantly cuts down on overeating because now you real, you're in touch with energy in a way beyond food. The reason people struggle so much with food is they don't have other practices, other mm-hmm. means for really directing their energy and for soothing themselves. So food becomes the go-to. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling good. Let me have this sugar. Let me crunch mm-hmm. down on this chip to release mm-hmm. tension in my jaw. So meditation in the morning, and we have all these free meditations on our Saluna app or on our site, if anyone's interested. Mm-hmm. And then I journal every moment, every morning for about a couple, let's say three to five minutes at least. Mm-hmm. What this does, I feel like it's really healing for people is it gets these thoughts and the stress out of your head and into paper. So you can write about your intentions for the day. If I'm feeling really off, I just write about what I'm grateful for, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's just this practice of you know emotional um, processing. And then I go in the kitchen and I have hot water with lemon. It's the first thing I recommend for anyone to drink because it's starting on an up. There's a lot of vitamin C. Lemon actually has uh, um, enzymes that specifically help to heal your liver. And so it's a wonderful thing. Before you have coffee, um, if you need caffeine, it's a good thing. You can have it 20 minutes later. But then I take two SBO probiotics, our feel-good Saluna probiotics, which are based in the soil. So our, our ancestors used to live so closely connected to the earth that they used to eat it every day from unwashed veggies. Mm. And this is a perfect mix of bacterium that gets through your stomach acid and can actually implant in your gut. So I take my probiotics in the morning. I, t- I have hot water with lemon. And then, um, so the body, the body cornerstone encor- encompasses supplements. 
right? Mm-hmm. The food is the hot water with lemon. And then the glowing green smoothie comes next, mm-hmm. which, you know, Roxy being yep. on that carpet, all of my celebrities drink <laughs> in. We have, our, mm-hmm. we have our juice and smoothie bar at the Four Seasons. It's our number one, you know, beverage is our glowing green smoothie. Um, the recipes on our site too, as well. So it's just um, the fiber. And there's an element of intermittent fasting in there because it's not concentrated fat, concentrated protein. It's really just... Um, fiber and nutrients and antioxidants and minerals. And it really just gives you a lot of energy. And then by mid morning, you know, all of us nursing mamas who are, you know, hungry, anyone that's hungry, you worked out, then you can have more food mid morning, but that's a really beautiful framework to start the day with an anchor. And then your body starts to understand that and regulate. And then we build from there. There's so many conflicting, so much conflicting information. Like, you know, I'm seeing this genealogist who works with like your biochemistry, right? Because like, for example, what you just said for me is everything I've ever wanted to be. I want to get up in the morning. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is everything I wanted. But when it comes to like the food and the detoxing, so I, uh, my body has issues with like histamine, right? So like I used to do the lemon juice thing all the time or the celery juice or whatever, but because it has histamine or salicylates in certain types of healthy foods, I was getting more diarrhea. I was getting more headaches. So this conflicting information, we had this podcast recently with her name's Chrissy Williamson and she's a doctor in, in biochemistry. And she said like, sometimes what's healthy for one person might not be healthy for someone else. Like, how do you know, What's going to work for your body? Because mm. I, I want to get up. I don't drink caffeine, but I want to get up and drink um, lemon juice with water. Cause I know like that should be the healthiest thing for me. But then when I have lemon, my, th- my throat gets sore, you yeah. know? So it's like, how do you, how do you know what, and that's what the most frustrating thing for me about health is. I want to be the healthiest I can be, but I don't know what's working against me or what's working for me. You mean from a food, from a food, from a food. Yeah. From a food standpoint. Yeah. So that can be frustrating. I totally get that. I think, of course, there's a lot of information out there. You mm-hmm. hear a lot of conflicting things. You hear about a lot of different dietary philosophies. So mm-hmm. for me, it always goes back to number one, checking in with your own body. Your body is completely mm-hmm. unique and nobody, and yeah, you're right. Lemon juice might work for me. It may not work for you. Um, number two, with all these, you know, different doctors and all the, you know, the biohackers, all that stuff that's mm-hmm. coming out, I will say my guiding force has always been nature. Okay. Yeah. So you read the beauty detox solution, you know, people talk about paleo and caveman diet and veganism, mm-hmm. all this different stuff. To me, it goes back to anatomy. It goes back to the way that our bodies are shaped. And we have a very long and convoluted GI tract, mm-hmm. for instance. So in science, there's something called biomimicry. You just look at similar species in nature and mm-hmm. we say, oh, our bodies are very similar to gorillas and primates They're, who are plant eaters and very different than the full carnivores, which is, um, GI tracts of tigers and lions. Interesting. So based on this, we know that we are, we are omnivores. We can handle some meat, for instance, and some products, but we are shaped to be primarily plant eaters. And this isn't my philosophy. This isn't, you know, a bunch of people just kind of, you know, I've been on those panels, like talking about each other. It's just nature. Right. So I find great comfort going back to nature. If I go down that rabbit hole with, you know, again, the, the biohacking and all this mm-hmm. really stuff, I start to feel very confused and very yeah. So mm-hmm. I've always found what works the best for me and all the thousands of people I've worked for is keeping mm-hmm. it really simple. So mm-hmm. nature, we know a, a healthy body should be able to handle healthy, natural food that okay. grows from the earth. Now, 
That being said, there are times we need to prepare our system to be able to handle that food. So mm-hmm. I had right. ear candida for a while. I didn't know what that was at first, but it's I think I do too. <laughs> where you have different, you have you know, a compromised system and you can't really handle any kind of sugar. So mm-hmm. for a full year, I gave up all fruit and I was healing my gut and I was taking the probiotics. I was doing all this different stuff. But mm-hmm. after I healed, I went back to eating fruit and I had no problem with it. Yes. My healthy mm-hmm. body. But at first, if you gave me a banana, I would have blown up. That's probably it. Mm -hmm. The banana is not the problem. These are natural foods that grow from a tree in a complete nutritional package. We Mm -hmm. need to fortify our system. Mm -hmm. So over time, so we had a great uh, person on our podcast named Dr. B, and he's this Mm -hmm. amazing expert. And he was talking about all these food sensitivity tests, which are like, you know, people are taking all these tests and like, I am allergic to this and this and this. He's like, listen, he's like, your gut is almost, you have to, the way he explained it, it's like, it's all these, it's like a muscle. You have to strengthen it. And there's thousands and thousands of different enzymes and different things that get activated when you eat a very diverse, wide range of plant foods. Mm -hmm. So sometimes as your gut health improves and you're taking the probiotics and you're cutting out the gluten and the, you know, the petroleum based oils and all the things that inflame us, your system starts to heal. So Mm -hmm. a lot of these food sensitivity tests, you're not sensitive Mm -hmm. to those foods as your gut heals over time, right? Mm -hmm. It's very individual. And some people, of course, have allergies. And some people just can never deal with, you know, a certain food. So I will say it's, it's, you know, it's complicated that way. You have to keep going back to yourself and checking in with how foods help you react, how they react in your body and how you mm-hmm. feel after having them. I will say that framework, Tamit, it's, it's really this framework that morning routine. Mm-hmm. Something about a hot elixir. Um, Ayurveda teaches we're supposed to have something hot in our bodies mm-hmm. first thing. So mm-hmm. it can be ginger water, you know, that's right. Pulsy tea. It's not the lemon. The lemon is great for, um, you know, the vitamin C, the properties I said, but if you don't can't, if you can't handle it, there's tons of other ways to get vitamin C, make it something else. But that idea of something herbal and hot helps to relax your bowels. It helps with mm-hmm. ongoing detoxification. Mm-hmm. It's not blasting your body with caffeine or coffee with a bunch of sugar and dairy or whatever, you know, it's just a cleaner way. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the smoothie, you're right. I always tell people mix and match, you know, some people Mm -hmm. can't handle spinach. Some people have an oxalate problem. Some people um, can't have apple or green apple, whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. you make the match. And if your system's really compromised and even smoothies are not great for you, we have digestive enzymes. I say Mm -hmm. first, if that fiber, if you are still healing your system, fiber takes a tremendous amount of water. So at first Mm -hmm. fiber, be very uh, reactionary for a lot of people. They can get bloated. Then maybe you don't have a smoothie in the beauty detox solution. There's all these other options yeah. you have. I have a gluten-free wrap mid morning, every day with avocado and sprouts. You know, maybe you have a bowl of plain oatmeal, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's not, it's more about getting into a rhythm and a routine. Mm-hmm. And if we're in the healing phase or rejuvenated or we're at the top of our game, it will evolve over time. But you're right about the healing though, because I don't, I don't think I'm allergic to lemon. I think that my histamine is probably so high. It's like a bucket that anything with a little bit of histamine, then the bucket overfills. And until you, the thing that's frustrating is you're like, Oh God, like I, 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 that, how do I, how do I get my bucket down? You know, like how do you get back to basics to heal yourself, which is what you're explaining. And then when you can start to heal yourself, then you can start to tolerate a lot more. Exactly. Exactly. I know my body 10 years ago when I was starting out and writing that first book 11 years ago is so different than my body today. Mm-hmm. I can handle a lot more. My body, my digestion is so much more hearty. I don't get bloated even if I have a little bit of gluten, which before would destroy me for a day. Mm-hmm. 
So it does strengthen and it evolves and just, you know, the wellness journey for all of us will continue to unfold, mm -hmm. but no matter where we are, if we're healing or we're, we're in a you know high health position, I still encourage everybody to really take that holistic approach and not just mm -hmm. focus on food, but mm -hmm. food, body, emotions, and spiritual growth are key. Mm -hmm. Um, since we are talking about food, there's one trend that I want to ask you about because, um, it's been, you know, kind of all over social media and people have been talking about it for a few years now. And that is celery juice. Mm. You know, people love celery juice. Isn't that my thought is it's better to eat the stock of celery and get the fiber, the juice and everything rather than just juice a piece of celery and eat mm -hmm. it. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you, what do you think about celery juice? So I, first of all, I have to say that I think that these trends and these fads that come in and out are actually hilarious. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, It's like people really, really still think there's this magic bullet or mm -hmm. this magic one food or this thing that's going to transform everything. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't say the word hilarious because I say that with compassion. I used to be like that before I started, I was trying all these different diets. I really just wanted to keep the weight off. I really wanted to clear up my acne. I really wanted to do all this stuff. So I understand the mentality, but I really, you know, been in this for a while now and I'll just say it's not going to be one thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it was the medical medium guy that, you know, intuited this thing with celery juice and suddenly it became Big thing, celery is an ingredient in the glowing green smoothie. And I, for years, I got pushed back about this. I think I made it at one time on Good Morning America, and they were like, why celery? Isn't it just water? And yeah. I said, no, it actually is a really beautiful mix of electrolytes. It has the sodium and the potassium balance, and it has minerals. So it was an ingredient. I could see the value in it. Now, mm -hmm. I think that there's, um, you know, when the glowing green smoothie, there's other greens, and mm -hmm. then there's the fruit, which brings different vitamins. So I'm, I like simple combinations. I've never um, felt much just from the celery juice. Mm -hmm. I've experimented in my body. Maybe it work, works for some other people. So mm -hmm. I wouldn't say, you know, across the board, um, just like wheatgrass for me. I went mm -hmm. to the Anne Wigmore Institute in Puerto Rico. She, you know, she started the whole wheatgrass movement and I loved her philosophy and I love her practices, but when I was doing the wheatgrass, it didn't give me the same energy as having an actual smoothie with mm -hmm. all the fiber, sustained right. energy. So I think what works again to Tamman's point for some people doesn't work for everybody, mm -hmm. but I am, I am a, I'm a smoothie girl through and through. So I because you get the fiber, fiber, right? Cause you get the mm -hmm. fiber and well, you should chew it, right? Back to nature, you yeah. know, the, the mm -hmm. fruit and the, and the greens and the veggies grow with the fiber and the juice. Mm -hmm. So we take in the way nature has, has given it to us, but we blend it. So we pre-digest it mm -hmm. in a sense because most people don't chew well enough to your mm -hmm. point. Roxy. That's the mm -hmm. point. That's the whole thing of having a, a smoothie. It's pre-digested, but you still need to chew that smoothie. You want to mix your saliva, get the amylase, which is the digestive enzyme in your saliva through it to better absorb the nutrients. But it's one of the reasons, honestly, that I created our feel good digestive enzymes mm -hmm. because we are not what we eat. We are what we digest. And right from the get-go, people do not chew well enough. Food is getting passed through. And even you spend all this money on organic food, if you don't really break it down and pull the nutrition out of it, you're just wasting your money. Mm -hmm. So these digestive enzymes, you take them right before you eat. And it helps mm -hmm. to pull nutrition out and it moves it through faster so that you don't get as bloated. So mm -hmm. I take you know, three before lunch and dinner every day without fail. It's also extremely anti-aging because the more you're pulling your own energy to digest this food, you take energy out of the other processes like mm -hmm. you your skin and your 
collagen. So you just age faster over time. So um, I don't know how I got on this tangent, but <laughs> yes, chewing your smoothies is important too. <laughs> so what do you think about, like, I, I remember following this um, influencer who I, I just love. She talked about food and wellness all the time. And then she had this, like, I'm leaving social media because I think I have orthorexia. And she was a big, I mean, she had hundreds of thousands of followers, you know, talked about seed cycling, you know, seeds, which one? She's from Australia, right? I remember reading about this. I'm not sure, but maybe there's another one, but I'm, I I don't know. I don't know where she's from, but I remember she left about a year ago Mm. and I was so obsessed with her because I was like, oh my gosh, seed cycling, right? That's going to help my PMS. Or she did, she talked a lot about like um, intermittent fasting and all these great, great things when it comes to health. And I was like, I was, she was my guru. And then she was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore because I think I have orthorexia. Now, if people don't know what orthorexia, orthorexia is like an obsession with healthy eating. And I, I, someone who's had an eating disorder, I had an eating disorder from ages 16 to about 24. It was, it was really bad. I had anorexia and bulimia and, um, I'm definitely on the health. I'm, I'm way more like you than like, I think just a person who doesn't know much. Like I love to learn about health. I love trying to, you know, put the, the best nutrients in my body and my kids' bodies. Then sometimes I get, you know, it'll be like a Saturday and I'll have eaten a taco or something and a margarita and I'll start to obsess about, oh God, like what was in it? Was it healthy enough? Like what what was the food like, um, you know, was it sustainably sauced or, you know, was it farm to table? And I'll start to obsess about that. So I worry sometimes of like, how do you find the balance about being super healthy and wanting your life to be that way, but then not obsessing if something isn't so. Mm. Yeah. So I would say this is a great uh, question, Tamman, and a lot of people fall into this. And mm. it's it's along the lines of what I was saying about it's, it's, it takes a while sometimes for people to really get this. They're like, yeah, but what about the you know, more about the food? It is the four cornerstones. If anyone is like asking so, any client or anyone talking to me, and they're asking so many detailed questions about food. I say you are the exact person who needs to stop thinking about food and mm-hmm. focus on a uh, focus on the parts that are harder. So usually it's the emotional part and the spiritual part. Mm-hmm. It's focusing on food is a cover up for a lot of people mm-hmm. for not feeling mm-hmm. good enough, not mm-hmm. feeling confident. The food is something to cling to because it's physical and we see it control, right? Never mm-hmm. control. We will mm-hmm. never heal from that. Tim and I had eating disorders too in high school. And I look back, I was so disconnected from myself mm-hmm. and my Oceans, and I didn't have the tools. I was a latchkey kid. So I was kind of left alone a lot. And I, I didn't know what to do with myself, mm-hmm. you know, so the food became the bulimia became a way to kind of like push things in and then felt really good to get things out because mm-hmm. I didn't have these, these tools and these practices. So when I say, you know, sitting and meditating is, is <laughs> going to help everything. I really, truly mean that mm-hmm. when I sit and meditate and feel into my body, I feel this energy, I feel alive and I don't need as much from the outside world, including mm-hmm. obsessing about food, including outer validation and how many people like me or comment on my posts on social media. It becomes this healing from the inside out beauty from the inside out really is that way. Mm-hmm. I promised him and just, hearing you talk now you are doing great i need to be your client i'm like when can i sign up to i mean i'm sure you've got tons of people but like when when can i book save me just kidding without even seeing what you eat in a day i promise you you are like you know a plus like you're doing great with your kids but i would be the other stuff yeah Yeah. i'm a mess i'm telling you i'm a mess where else 
we explore? Like, where can yes. we take our focus in our conversation? Because I can mm. speak about me personally. When I was obsessed about food, I weighed myself every day and I was just like, ah. And now since I've really relaxed, I've thrown out my scale, but I focus on these other cornerstones. Mm. Um, my weight is just stays down. You know, when I have to go in for checkups or I weigh myself and it's like, oh, I'm actually like the lightest I've ever been without obsessing about the food because the inner space starts to get mm -hmm. calm. People don't realize when we do this, there's mm -hmm. something that happens in our brain. It's called hemicoherence. It means the left side of the brain, the right side of the brain start to talk to each other more. We're not this um, bundle of confusion and chaos. That's what happens. And when that happens, guess what? It's a cascade effect and things start to get regulated, including our hormones and the mm. hormone cortisol that lead to belly fat and all this stuff. Everything just starts to work out in a much better way. Mm. Um, as T. Colin Campbell says, your body does the math for you. We are mm. so much more than numbers. That's another thing about my philosophy, ladies, is I take numbers off the table because mm. energy is energy. So when people start coming to me with like their little minutia, oh, but you know, this kind of carb and this sugar or mm. how old I am, that's another mm. thing people say to me in a conversation 20 times how old they are. So I should be I should be this thing at 34 or, you know, 30 or 50 or however old they are. We put these limits on ourselves. So I always say, Tam, and if anyone's obsessing about food and they're like getting crazy, it's time to stop the food conversation and focus on the other cornerstones. And I yeah. say that with tough love, but that is. Oh, the no, I know. I know. Yeah. I'm a I'm a disaster over here. At least I'm admitting it. <laughs> I love it. That's the first step. And you oh, I know. I'm totally aware that I need some spiritual help here. <laughs> totally aware of it. You know, it's Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead, love. No, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, you know, I love like, like you're talking about the spiritual aspect, which clearly, you know, a lot of us need to improve on myself included. Um, and I love the idea of meditation, you know, and I've tried it. I've laid with myself the times that I have been able to like quiet down and actually do it. I feel great, you know, for the rest of the day or like the yeah. week and, you know, I feel great. But the challenge is, I know for me and probably a lot of others out there is just how do you quiet down and how do mm -hmm. you get to that place? And Tamman, I don't, you probably maybe experience this too, is just how do you quiet down and get to a place where you are fully in that meditation and you are present because it can be so frustrating to you if you're laying there and you're like, okay, I need to meditate. I need to like, you're frustrated <laughs> about not meditating. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, Am I doing it right? Yes. 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 How so, you so let me ask you something, Roxy. Let's mm -hmm. say I was like, okay, you have to run a marathon. Mm -hmm. What would, what would you say to me? I'd say, hell no. <laughs> She's like, that's never going to happen. You yeah, obviously yeah. don't know me. Obviously, no. You know, they're going to donate $10 million to this charity. It's going to be amazing. Oh. Okay. okay. What, we, what we would do was we would create a schedule and we'd say, okay, we're going to start with one mile and then it's going to be three miles. And then it'd be a whole plan, right? Eventually we'll get to 18 miles and then we'll keep going. I think the problem with meditation today, and like, I'm happy this mindfulness conversation is coming out. I'm really happy that um, people are talking about meditation, but it is a, it's a practice. So mm -hmm. it's like every day we're making these smoothies, right? Tam, and we're making the healthy food for our kids. Mm -hmm. And if it's meditation is something we do once in a while, if we happen to go on a yoga retreat or we happen to go to like, 
something and do it. That is not how we get there. It's mm-hmm. small steps that are consistent. So it's part of the morning routine, even if it's three minutes. Mm-hmm. It's you have to get used to sitting and breathing and turning off your or not pushing them down, but letting the thoughts settle so that you see what's underneath. Because what's mm-hmm. underneath is this unique, incredible, inc- just unlimited energy. And you mm-hmm. can't really tap into that unless you let that happen. But that happens with commitment. When I when I started meditating 12 years ago, I would sit there with my phone and I have an alarm for 30 minutes and seven minutes in, I'm like, I'm done. This is torture. I'm squeezing my eyes shut. But now you can ask my husband. Um, I can sit here for hours and hours and I just love it, but it's taken me a long time to get there. Mm-hmm. But as someone that, again, the more I progress, I think it's, it's this tuning in, right? Mm. The yoga talks about all the time our senses are out here. So imagine if you start the day and you're not even out of bed and you're already on Instagram mm-hmm. or you're already on your emails. And so your energy is already going out. And like I was saying, you don't know what your body needs. You don't mm-hmm. know what foods you need. Then you don't know what relationship is healthy. You don't, it becomes very confusing, the, the decisions we make in a day because mm-hmm. we're out of touch with ourselves. But when we meditate, we take all those the energy and we put it back into the spine and basically put it back in here. So it's, you're actually spending time with this energy that usually doesn't get that sort of attention. And when you do that, you strengthen this relationship with your real self, your true self, as I say, um, which is not the surface. It's not what you ate. It's not how much you weigh. It's not all this stuff. How many mm. followers you have? It's inside. It's a deeper place. Mm. And it becomes over time, it becomes very peaceful. And it just becomes so clear that mm. that becomes the impetus to keep going. But you do have to get over that hump. It's like when people <sighs> detox mm-hmm. or they go on a cleanse the first yeah. day, right? Guys, the first day or the first two days are often the hardest. Mm-hmm. But after that, you start to get energy, it starts to snowball. Mm. I've started and stopped meditation for five years. I I, like, honestly, and I do it when, oh, I'm so stressed. I need to meditate. Mm. I'm like really struggling. So I'm going to meditate, but then I don't do it on the days that like I'm happy or having a good day or things are working out well. I'm like, oh, I don't need to meditate. Not that I don't need to meditate, but I don't feel the need to go and do it because I'm, I don't need to quieten anything down. Everything's going so well. Mm. So it is yeah. really about, you know, a practice because, and it's, it's, it, it's hard. They say, they say is, someone said they're like, oh, we say it's 21 days, but it's really like 90 days of doing something that you really get it into your brain. Because mm. I know like when I gave up coffee after 21 days, I still want a coffee, but after a couple of months, I didn't even think about it. So I think it's, it's a longer period to really get into your body. But I think it starts with intention, right? Mm. Like, why are we meditating in the first time, mm. first place? So if you get really clear about your intention, which is to connect and to benefit your whole life mm. and to really trust whatever your intention is, that helps us stay, stick to any practice. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets you it gets you on a good path for sure. Um, you know, let's talk a little bit about because this is also something that we see posted on social media all the time and and is kind of trendy is like cleansing, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of people reset their new year, you know, in January, they do like a big juice cleanse <laughs> or, you know, like a master yeah. cleanse. And then by Valentine's day, they're like drinking <laughs> yeah. alcohol, uh, yeah. eating sugar. Right, 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 right. So like our cleanses, like, should they be done? Are they effective? Do we need to cleanse? Like, uh, you know, so, with some frequency? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. 
Great, great question, love. I think, you know, this is something, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the celery juice idea mm. where as humans and especially Westerners, we're not, we're not used to this idea of, of practices, right? Mm -hmm. Like you find the Ayurvedic medicine, um, which I've been studying now for over four years. And what I love about it is this regularity and this idea of doing things day in and day out. That's not the way that we are trained here. Mm -hmm. We're like, what's the quick fix? Mm -hmm. And what's that celebrity doing it like this and this. And so we keep running like wild horses from one thing to the next. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, our bodies have detoxification organs that are detoxing continuously, right? We have our liver, our lungs, our skin, so on and so forth. Our bodies do get overloaded. There is a lot of chemicals in the world, as we all know, there's a lot of stuff in home care products and air pollution and water. Um, fish is basically like eating plastic these days. Let's mm. face it. There's so much plastic in the ocean, the microplastics break down. And so when you eat fish, there's a tremendous amount of plastic going in your body. So mm. yes, we need to detoxify all this. So mm. there's two, there's two ways that we do that. Number one, there is value in doing, you know, well-planned, thought-out cleanses periodically. I think that's helpful. Our, you know, my juice bar has always created these programs, and I think that's wonderful. You know, one of our most popular, of course, is our bridal package, you know, mm -hmm. a 48-hour red carpet sort of bridal cleanse. So I think it's okay to do those things, especially mm -hmm. if we go through a period, you know, after the holidays where we feel kind of stuck or whatever. But that does not replace and it will never replace and we will never get the best results unless we do what I call ongoing cleansing, which mm. is the practices that we do every day. So mm. it's the choices that we make. Having something like the glowing green smoothie is a form of everyday cleansing because the fiber and the, en the enzymes spark up you know, toxicity and acids and, and then the fiber just helps to cleanse it out of your system. So every day that you're having this and you're replacing your, you know, maybe you were having an egg sandwich or whatever you mm -hmm. were having, you are in effect detoxing. Now I, I do recommend something very much. I don't recommend a lot of supplements. There's only, you know, a few basic ones I take, but we do have a product called detoxy and it is my, it's our like number one seller and all my celebrities still take it. And I take it all the time, every day or every other day. And that is the way to create ongoing cleansing. Basically it's oxygen, it's nasen oxygen, and it's paired with ASC2P. It's paired with a stable form of vitamin C, which in clinical research has shown to help stop the telomeres from fraying, which is the little um, caps on your DNA that leads to chromosomal damage and eventually wrinkles and so on. And what it does, it's oxygen. So it gets between the old waste and your GI tract wall. And it helps to get things out of your system in a safe way. It's not habit forming. It's not a laxative. It's not like Senna that, mm. you know, over time can weaken your um, adrenals or your peristalsis because it's herbal. There's nothing herbal. So this is a way for me, you know, we try to eat healthy. We make the best choices we can. We're not perfect, but by taking this oxygen and again, it's not a laxative, but it's just my everyday cleansing way mm -hmm. to these organs because our biology, you know, from a biological standpoint, these thousands of chemicals were never meant to be part of our body. So yes, we mm -hmm. have these eliminative organs, but they do need support. So mm -hmm. I guess if I would, if I had to sum up, I would say, yes, periodic <laughs> cleanses can be good, but do your daily practices, try detoxy and, you know, do the best you can on an everyday basis. You can't just try to clean up the mess every, you know, once in a while mm -hmm. and in between, like do all this mm -hmm. other stuff. You really yeah. have to keep going. Cool. Let's take a shift from the food 
vitamin approach and uh, what we were talking about and then talk about emotional and mental because there's a buzzword that's been yeah i love this there's a buzzword that's been going around called toxic positivity um can we talk about what that is because the other day you know my husband was talking to me and he was like you know I was feeling bad about something and he was like, well, you know, you can just see it like this. And it's not as bad as like, you know, maybe you think it is. And it's not in a negative way, but he was trying to make me feel better. Cause he was like, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm trying to make her feel better. And I was just like, you are being toxic. Like you're, you're showing me toxic positivity right now. And he's like, I don't even know what that is. I'm, I thought I was supposed to try to make you feel better. So what is the word and how can we be better at it? Because I know a lot of people are going through a lot of grief right now, especially with the pandemic. A lot of people have lost um, loved ones and, you know, how can we be better with that? So I think that, you know, your husband is doing something that, you know, in his heart, he's coming from that place of trying he's to like, help. I love you. Yeah. yeah. Trying to bring forward a solution. But the pro- like the issue there is that feelings and emotions, and I've, I've come, you know, I started out as a nutritionist, so I have to see it this way. We need to metabolize them and digest them. Mm-hmm. And we can't say for anybody else how it feels. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the reasons I created our Saluna Circle, by the way, which is the membership part of our free app. I started doing these circles with women and I started doing them in my home and I started doing them publicly. And now we have this whole online program. We do them on zoom. There's actually one tonight and the only rules in the circle, everybody goes around and speaks as part of it. And then I teach about the cornerstones for our monthly theme this month. It's energy and vitality mm-hmm. um, is that you don't give advice unless it's specifically asked. Mm-hmm. A lot of times with feelings and emotions, they, they aren't supposed to be a certain way. They are what they are, but we just need to sometimes hold space for each other and witness each other and not try to fix it and not try to make it be better. Sometimes mm-hmm. there's that process of metabolizing a feeling. It goes through this, um, this process. Dr. David Hawkins says, if we feel into a feeling, it takes about 10 minutes for the intensity to alleviate, let's say it's grief, or let's say it's anger. So if you sit with that feeling, instead of trying to distract, instead of turning on Netflix or mm-hmm. calling or eating a croissant, um, instead of looking for a solution, but you mm-hmm. actually sit in that. And we're not used to that, especially as Westerners. Again, we, we want to put a bandaid on it. Sometimes it doesn't feel good to sit in the feeling, mm-hmm. but that is the way to metabolize it for your body. So it doesn't mm-hmm. get repressed. And what happens is if we don't process that feeling, it gets pushed down. It doesn't go mm-hmm. away. So it can then manifest in gut issues or mm-hmm. hormonal issues mm-hmm. or all sorts of you know depression, anxiety, it starts to build up. So my advice is to, to feel those feelings and to really sit with them, even if they're uncomfortable. And you can say to your husband, hey, you know, I just want you to hold space for me. I'm just going to say this. I don't really need any advice. I just want to vent or I just want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we do in the circle. We really hold space for each other. And you realize community. That's another thing that I think is really missing today in wellness is that mm-hmm. you know, tribe and that real community and really sitting together. Social media has like an element of it, but let's face it, there's a lot of ego Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like one way conversations. And there's a lot of like looking at me, which is fine. There's space for that too, but to really like connect on a deeper level, Mm -hmm. um, the way that it used to be, you know, this, the, my circles are based on the native American council where they would Mm -hmm. sit in circle, even the, the, the chiefs would sit and they would all be equal. And so it'd be like everybody having an equal voice and therefore being feeling that they're part of the whole. And that's the problem too. I think people feel isolated in the pandemic, especially people feel like, 
I'm just on my own. No one understands me. I'm alone. Like, you know, that is a very, um, it, it just deteriorates our health. Mm-hmm. So with, with part of emotional well-being is, is metabolizing those feelings. And also I believe being part of a really supportive community and seeking it out. And sometimes we have to go online to do it like our virtual circle, mm-hmm. because sometimes we have to go beyond just our friends and our family who are used to giving advice and maybe, um, you know, it's just a different relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of us, um, take this for granted. A lot of us don't get it as much as we should, but it's a really important part of health and that sleep. Yes. Especially as a parent, you know, new parents, I know my sleep suffers all the time. You know, I, I really, I now have insomnia, which pretty much sucks. Um, but yeah, you know, sleep is so important to our health. Um, how does that sort of fit into your plan? Like, how do you, what do you tell clients about sleep and the best way to get it, you know? Yes. So again, I would take it to the four cornerstone approach. Mm. And I would also say the way that as mothers, we had this whole routine for our children, right? Mm. It's bath and oil massage and books and all this stuff. It's like an hour, right? There's Mm -hmm. this whole process to prepare for bedtime. And we don't do that as adults. And so just as I have a morning routine, I have an evening routine that I think is really important. And it does touch all the cornerstones just for really calming yourself down and telling your body, I'm preparing you for sleep. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that I really recommend is a evening elixir, another hot beverage. And we have so many different recipes. You can check them out on the site, but there's certain plants and herbs and teas and things that are very good for um, sleep and can just, mm-hmm. and there's something about having that warm drink in the evening. And if you feel a lot of anxiety, if you're really scattered, I recommend putting a, um, a component of a non-dairy warmed milk in there, mm-hmm. like a coconut milk or, um, you know, whatever almond milk or what have you. Yeah. I'm not as, as big, you know, someone has an allergy. I'm not as big a fan of oat milk because of the nutritional density, but I love hemp milk. I love coconut milk. Mm. So something that makes you feel again, that fat element is very stabilizing and grounding, Mm. not right before bed. I'm talking, you know, hour or two before bed, you had this nice elixir. So you don't have to pee all night, but something um, that tell the warm elixir. And again, we have all these different recipes will help your brain and your body prepare. And then I recommend um, taking a warm bath or a shower, something that if you're into baths, something you could put Epsom salts or some kind of salt that has this sort of cleansing effect. It's almost like this energy part of your day where you imagine that anything, conversations, um, situations, anything stressful, is just coming off your body, right? Mm -hmm. Take a shower with the water. I just imagine like the day the stress is coming off my body. Mm -hmm. There's something very powerful about setting that intention. And then you have that practice to go with it, right? Because that's what ritual is all about. You're bringing your intention and your energy to create something that you want. So if your intention at the end of the day is just to leave the day behind. So then the next thing I really recommend is journaling. So we had, we had our sleep expert come on our podcast, Dr. Michael Bruce, who's Dr. Oz's sleep expert. And he said, listen, across the board, the one thing I've seen with all my clients is if they can journal about an hour before bed, Mm. that helps with sleep tremendously because Mm. so many people are like, what if I forget this? And they think of this and then they're going through things in their head or problems. But if you just take some time to write it down again, get it out of your head, Mm. it tells your brain, I got it. I, I it's gonna, I'm going to work on this. And then you can start to relax. And that's very powerful. Mm. Um, from a food perspective, and I forgot to say this too, I don't recommend eating too close to bed mm. and really curtailing spicy food, which can mm. also exacerbate 
insomnia and alcohol, alcohol, alcohol. oily food, like the fat takes a lot sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All these things. Um, so keeping to that and then also meditating, mm. <laughs> you know, say that before bed, just to reset and to get into that, into yourself and out of the day. Mm-hmm. So really setting yourself up, um, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, giving yourself a little routine, maybe it's relaxing music. Um, definitely not, you know, trying not to watch TV until you fall asleep. Mm. If you are going to watch TV in the evening, getting a pair of blue light blocking glasses. We know all that stimulation mm. from the blue light also keeps people awake. Um, mm. Wear your blue light blocking glasses if you're watching something or if you're on your phone at night. Yeah. So all of these yeah. things, but a routine mm. is important because routine will create that rhythm. Mm. Before you go, I feel like I want to talk about <laughs> the addiction. I realize I, I'm not an addictive I don't have an addictive personality, so I don't get addicted to a lot of things Um, like no alcohol, drugs, food, any, well, maybe food back in the day, but not now, but I'm addicted to my phone. Like I know I'm addicted to my phone because after a certain amount of time, I start to get worked up that I haven't looked at my phone. I'm also addicted to social media, which is half my job um, and where, you know, I spend a lot of my time because, you know, yes, it does matter if a post does well because it helps your brand. And if it helps your brand, it helps your work. And if it helps your work, it helps your kids. And if it helps your kids, you're like, it's, it's a spiral, right? So it's like, it's not just, oh, I hope that picture does well because I hope people think I'm cute in that dress. It's like, oh, I hope that picture does well because I hope, you know, it's, it's going to be good for my family. You know, my family will be okay. So it's this whole like trying to disconnect that thought with like survival, social media, you know, likes, yeah. what matters, what doesn't matter. And then I find myself like doing what an addict would do. What I've seen with drugs is that like when I get my hit, I feel better. Sometimes I feel worse. Um, but most of the time, like that dopamine rush comes and then, you know, my serotonin levels have, 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 cause the flicking apparently raises your serotonin levels. Mm-hmm. And then I'm nicer to my family, nicer to my kids, but don't have my phone. I start to get more aggressive and start to get shorter with my children. So that's why I know it's an addiction. Um, and I'm also reaching for it. Like you would reach for alcohol if you had an addiction yes. to alcohol mm-hmm. and I'm like reaching for it. And when I don't have it, I don't feel well. So I don't know how to stop that because I mean, I, at 10 o'clock on Sunday night, got emails from work people about work that I was supposed, like a Sunday night, like it just never stops. It's like, you're always connected. You Mm -hmm. always have to get back to people when you don't, it's kind of like you feel bad because what's wrong with you. But like, even I'm doing this podcast, my email's gone off like 30 times. It's just like, how do you stop that? Yeah. Sorry, my husband just looked in the window. I know. You don't see? There you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I have a couple of things I'm going to say about that, Tam. And the first thing is, um, you know, this, I could talk to you about this for hours and hours and hours. I understand the the the, the motivation, like inside of you, you, you want to take care of your family. It's like this cascade. But I promise you that you being in your fullest connection with yourself, your beautiful mm-hmm. self, and you foster that, that's what's going to grow the business, mm-hmm. right? That's what's going to be the light in the world that people are drawn to. If you're so tied to these little 
things, it means that you're putting too much of your worth in this external validation mm-hmm. that goes up and down. And it's very unhealthy, as you know. Mm-hmm. So the business part is going to grow from you, again, this deeper connection to your true self, like this uniqueness that no one else can offer. And you being really nurtured and really energized and feeling really good, that's going to grow. It's not mm-hmm. about one post and it's not about like this or that. It's a bigger, deeper thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing I would say is healthy boundaries mm-hmm. and and creating real clear lines are necessary with the phone and they're necessary mm-hmm. with social media. Otherwise it starts to run over our entire lives. Mm-hmm. You can be more efficient when you batch things as I do. Mm-hmm. I text batch now, unless, you know, I look at emails, but I don't, I answer emails in chunks mm-hmm. and I encourage you to have set times when you're on social media and times when you're off times, when you're off, you're living your life, you're present with your kids, you're coming up with ideas and content. So if your whole life starts to be this dribble when you're on it, it actually starts to diminish all of your content and your creative power. Mm -hmm. So I would just start to create just the same way for yourself. If you have a rhythm of when you eat or morning practice, evening practice, it could be, okay, I'm going to be on here like certain time, whatever it is for you. I don't know what your Mm -hmm. schedule is like, but you commit at first it may feel a little bit of anxiety, but you commit to periods where you're not on your phone. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's safe, your kids are around or, you know, whatever, there's a way to reach your husband, if there's an emergency, whatever it is, but you can find ways to be off. And then you'll start to say, oh, I actually didn't need to be on as much as I thought and things oh, yeah. are better. Mm-hmm. So create that for yourself and, and stick with it. It's the same thing as, you know, avoiding a food or going on another food, you know, whatever, oh. creating new, a new dietary <clears throat> plan. Um, it's really important to create those healthy boundaries. Otherwise, mm-hmm. your whole life will feel um, diminished. You know, it's interesting you say that, Kimberly, because I'll say just to piggyback a little bit on that, I was sort of like struggling with the same thing, not like having a lot of boundaries, especially with work, you know, like, because like Tamman's saying, like you get emails sometimes on the weekends and like at off hours and at night and it's like trying to, you know, I had to like kind of stop myself and be like, okay, I know for me, like on the weekends in particular, I'm going to say like, Saturday and Sunday, like his family, you know, time for my family. Cause like, you know, everybody, we all work during the week and it's like, you don't get a lot of that sort of one-on-one one undisturbed time as you do, like, let's say on a weekend. Now I know that there are work thing that the things that come up on the weekend, even during the pandemic, there's zoom events, there's all kinds of things. Right. So not, you know, not saying that, but I know for me, like I've really tried to be like, okay, I'm not going to answer this email again until Monday morning, you know, when it's like sort of like those typical business hours. I mean, it's not perfect, but I know for me, I feel like it's helped mentally for me a a bit, you know? The thing that I find is a little unfortunate when you're in the social media game is like how the algorithm plays on people whose business is online. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if people all know this, um, but if you take days off, like say the weekend, right. And you're not posting stories or you're not posting your, the algorithm goes down, Mm -hmm. which means that all the work that you've done for the entire week and all the stories you've done and all the connection you've had with your community and you've built this little brand during the week if you go off on the weekend, it's like starting over again, you know? So that's what it's like this, that's what social media wants us. And this is why these apps have been developed like this. It's an addiction thing, right? You have to keep going. You have to keep creating. You have to keep being present. Cause if you don't, you're out of an algorithm, which means you're starting over again. So that is something that 
I'm going to have to try to figure out. And I think a lot of people on social media, because I can see some of my friends who are on it, which is their jobs. It's killing, like it's, it's emotionally and mentally killing Mm -hmm. them. And you know, on Christmas, you can't take Christmas off because Christmas, you have to show what you're doing with your family. You can't take Easter off because it's a perfect day to show what you're doing with your kids. You know, it's like, it's, it's that, it, you have to feed the beast, feed the beast, you know? So it's really I, trying to find what you said, the boundaries, which are hard to do, but necessary. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say a couple of things, Tammy. Like practically, like maybe you can figure out how to schedule things for certain days. Right. Like, you maybe know, there's an app for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I, I don't know exactly how that works, but I, I feel like, you know, this is, again, as part of a larger discussion, but sometimes the way through like to a solution is to get out of the whole system and to think about it in a different way. So for mm-hmm. instance, for me, I was like trying to figure out all these like ways to like cheat the calories and have stuff taste good. And it was, but it was still in the calorie game. Mm-hmm. And when I left the calorie game altogether and I said, well, these numbers are not going to be the way that I determine what to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to eat whole foods. I'm going to eat fiber. I'm just going to do all this other stuff. My whole body just got so much better and my weight, everything. I wasn't in that system anymore. I mm-hmm. left the system. So I, am, you know, I do a lot of other things besides social media. I'm on there too, but I know for me, when I, um, I post less now, but I really try to put energy and focus into what I post and I Mm -hmm. I personally grow more. I've taken Mm -hmm. back my power. Um, so I don't know, I don't know how all that stuff yeah, works. Maybe. Mm-hmm. We need to figure it out individually, but if something's really not feeling good and you know that it is time to shift, you know, and you don't want to keep going down that path. And I'm, I just feel that, you know, if you're being authentic and true and really breathing into that uniqueness and that beautiful energy, that's you, mm-hmm. things are going to work out. Like it's mm-hmm. going to grow and being caught up in this everyday stuff diminishes your power. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Well, thank you yeah. so much. Kimberly thank you. Rock. I have a lot to work on. Roxy, do you? <laughs> yes, as you always. You have sleep to work on. I, I think I sleep, do. sleep I to work on. I do. I do. I need I need some good quality sleep. Listen, we're all a work in progress. So it's like mm. we're all working on something, you know, and it's like, you know, some days are better than others, right? Totally. And then I look back at like, you know, it's taken a long time to say this, but I'm proud of where I've come, then I, where, like, I look at pictures of myself like 10 years ago and yes, you go, Oh, I look younger and whatever slimmer, but I'm like a total badass compared to what I was and the things that I used to worry about and the things that I've overcome and the things that I've like achieved in the last 10 years. If I really look back and look at myself, I'm, I'm proud of that, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's hard to say that out loud. It takes you know, as women, we're not allowed to say I'm proud of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, but I am, you know, but yes, still, still a complete work in progress. And I think awareness is the first key and Mm -hmm. being aware that you need to grow and being aware that you need to change and being aware you have to be vulnerable in situations Mm -hmm. that you don't want to be and not, you know, fighting with your ego all the time. I think that's the first step to growth. Well, also you um, need to be a a needing for everybody. I'm just saying in general is just giving yourself grace and not being hard on yourself. Yeah, that's no, a hard one. That's, that's a hard, hard one. one. Yeah. To like accept where you are yes. mm-hmm. at the time that you're in it, you know? Yep. Yes, I totally agree. I think that if we're more compassionate with ourselves, mm-hmm. everything just flows more and just like we relax our shoulders and imagine what's happening to the inside of our bodies, right? Yeah. This, yeah. this tension and this tightness doesn't have an effect on our organs. And again, I'll say it again, our hormones and so many mm-hmm. different parts of us. So yeah, just 
being more relaxed and realizing it's not so serious. Mm-hmm. Right? I know. And, and also like you were saying, Tammy, you know, I've grown so much, but then, you know, I, maybe I'm not, I don't look as young and maybe not. like we focus so much on the, on the outside. I know. And it's like, that's what we try to talk about in this podcast. It's like, we have been trained that our outer beauty is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And it's such so- a massive shift. And I said to my daughter, I said, yesterday, I said, my seven-year-old, I said, you can't be beautiful on the outside, if you're not beautiful on the inside, I want you to know that. She's like, oh, how does that work? I'm like, you have to be beautiful on the inside to radiate beauty. That's what beauty is. She's like, oh, okay, okay. Like it's a whole concept for her to not yeah. understand, you know, what that, to, to try to understand what that means. And that's the narrative that we need to be, you know, perpetuating. Mm-hmm. Totally true, true beauty, right? Which yeah. is all been around people that are maybe physically beautiful, but after five minutes of talking to them, <laughs> Oh, okay. This person is actually really miserable and not the nicest person. But when someone has that light shining out of just so much love and compassion, they become the most beautiful person in the world Mm -hmm. and you're drawn to them and it's very magnetic. And so I know it's tough when we live in this world, it's like going against that. um, Oh, everybody focuses on this stuff. But I think we can really make these this choice. We can do it our own way. Mm-hmm. And listen, it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? As we're focusing on the cornerstones and you feel really comfortable with yourself, you glow. Your skin looks better too. You have more energy. And so, but it's a deeper kind of beauty. There was a quote I put somewhere. I couldn't remember where I found it, but it said, true beauty increases upon examination. So when you look closer and you spend more time with you're like, oh, this person is so beautiful and beautiful and beautiful versus that surface beauty, which gets old pretty fast if there's nothing else that goes with that. And we all age. It's not like we're immune to it. No. You know, so if you're not loving other parts of yourself, you know, and I've always said you can't love other people if you don't love yourself. And so, but you 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 really can't. Aging is a privilege. Not everybody gets to get old. So that's also, you know. Tell it to our Botox. Just kidding. (laughs) We've never had Botox, but we might one day, one day. Who knows? (laughs) But ending on a positive note, we're heading over to Kimberly's Feel Good Podcast right now. Oh yeah! So excited! We're doing a double. We're doing a double. double we're doing whammy, a whammy too. Double whammy. So, Kimberly, before we go, let everybody know where we can, where they can find you. Oh sure. So yes. the podcast is called the Feel Good Podcast on social. Social. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm yeah. at underscore Kimberly Snyder, and then you can see the links to our website, mysaluna.com. Our Saluna app is in the App Store with our circle which I would love, you know, if anyone feels called to join our circle, you guys will have to come sometime. It's daily tips. And then there's a once a month virtual Zoom. There's audios every week. There's meditations. There's elixir recipes. It's a very rich program. I'm downloading it right now. Yeah, I just wrote it down in my, not my journal, but my journal on my computer. (laughs) By the way, do you throw out, are you supposed to throw out journals once you've written them? I never knew. Like, are you supposed to write it down and throw it out? All my journals, I look oh back, I see, oh, the progress, the things that okay. seem so dire and so important, but then got worked out. I mean, it's just amazing. I love them. Okay, so awesome. good. Well, and thanks guys so much. And follow us on Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And we have a clubhouse room or group two, Women on Top, I of course. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment. And I am Tam and Sursock. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women, Women on Top. Wow. <laughs>
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.